Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this week in production, it's Iditarod time. This week in production is produced by Art Aldrich. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message for Art at 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. This is Don McGee. To book me for voiceovers, please call 908 451 6760. Yes, you heard right. I teased it last week. I am headed back to Alaska. Alaska has missed you, Art. The dulcet tones of Mr. Thomas Chartrand is joining me on the the Twip set. And the Iditarod Trail. And on the Iditarod Trail. <laughs> Tom is uh, here. We're we're pre pre flighting, uh, <laughs> pre faxing. Um, testing a bit and uh, just getting prepped tomorrow we fly with a ton of gear yeah we're gonna get into the the details that we're gonna I thought what I would do for you on this episode of TWIP I would lay out the entire plan for the live streaming you and I right and a couple of other gentlemen will be the live streaming team but you're really my right hand on this we're going to be producing a multitude of things. Right. You'll be on the trail. But I don't think you know the full and complete plan. I like to keep you in the dark so you don't run and say no. And take the other trail less traveled? I told you that there'd be donuts and coffee everywhere, but I don't think that's really the truth. But I'm hoping you don't find that out until you know it's too late. It's always too late. It's always too late. I, I walk in blind and, and somehow end up at the finish line. So last year was abnormal Mm -hmm. because of covid and we talked about this many a podcast uh, you can go back and listen from 2021 right but last year you went to alaska and i stayed here and we it was a cobbled together i did a rod we managed to make the live stream work pretty well but it was a different approach because you did my job in Alaska, right. and I did my job in New York, and we ran it as a split shift. Which was a challenge you wanted to see. You were actually excited to see if that would work. Actually, the workflow was great. I think it, it really worked well. And I did consider that an option for this year. I, I've talked about, you know, my dad passed last year. My mom's not in great health. And so for me right now to be away so far right. for for the you know what turns out really to be about a month worth of time is hard. Right. And Absolutely. there there was a point even this year where my mom's health was a little questionable and I said there may be a scenario where I'm not going. Right. And I did prepare the race team for that, but knowing that we could make it work. Mhm based on the Intenor gear and the flexibility that it gives me in bringing signals really anywhere that I want to. Right. So this year, the plan is that we're both going. 
And right now, that's the plan. We're both going to get on an airplane. We're going to fly to Denver. We're going to connect to Anchorage. And on Sunday night, we'll be back at the lovely Lakefront Hotel. Exactly. That less than 24 hours from the recording of this podcast. That's right. But but I guess what I'll do, and we'll use this as the basis for the conversation on, on this week in production, is I'm going to sort of give you the, the uh, plan mm-hmm. for the race as far as the live streaming responsibilities, and then we'll get into some of the logistics, the equipment, what we're doing, what we're planning, and how it's better, different, or worse than what we've done in the past. And you're recording this, so I can't get out of anything in the future. Right, right. and this will also be used for the lawsuit that it will inevitably develop. So... Uh, as we sip our Don Julio, yes, sir. I raise my glass to you. Cheers. Cheers. To I did a rod fifty. I did a rod fifty. So this year is the fiftieth running. It is. It is obviously a milestone in the race history. Mm-hmm. The race is under serious financial pressures. They've lost a number of sponsors. They're not having an easy go of it. And then COVID on top of it makes it very difficult for this race. It's it's a not-for-profit organization. It's run mostly by volunteers and a very mm-hmm. small paid staff. The video team is probably the largest you know, paid segment of the Iditarod. Right. And it's not supposed to be, but it's it's a full-time job for me year-round. Right. Between the phone calls and the planning and the meetings and... Logistics. The, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just... But it's been a great, great organization and great people, and that's really why I keep saying yes to it. It is the 50th running. There are some things that we're doing different, but it's pretty much business as usual as far as coverage goes. Okay. We're going to have three uh, live streaming teams. We've had challenges with people who we don't know in the past. That's why I like to work with people that I know and trust. They can slot right in and fit into the workflow. Right. So we have three live streaming kits those are going to be based on the Panasonic CX350 camera, which is a small handheld P2 camera. They're 4K. They do NDI. They've got neutral density filters. It's a real camera right. in a small form. Those are going to be fed into the Intenor field encoders. They're backpack designed, but we're using just the encoders in a fly pack situation. Mm-hmm. They're going to be connected to Viasat uplinks, uh, probably 1.2 meter dishes in the, in the field. Right. The dishes are going to be preset by destination. You're going to roll in and plug into a modem, and you're supposed to have four megabits of theoretical upload speed. Upload speed in Alaska is a challenge, especially in rural Alaska where you don't have a lot of options. Right. Satellite is really the only game. We've had limited bandwidth in the past, sometimes only a megabit, sometimes two, usually not more than 2.5. Right. And we have to share that bandwidth with the upload team, the the documentary team, Greg Heister's team, because they're uploading clip content that they're producing. And so we share the bandwidth. Right. And that has its own set of challenges. Yeah. And in, you know, in 2021, we had some bandwidth issues, just getting the Intenors dialed in because it was really the first time that they had been out 
on the trail and we were using them, you know, in ways that probably Intinor hadn't planned. No, it was a different configuration than it was. They're yeah. like, what do you mean you only have one megabit? I'm like, hey, one megabit's a lot. <laughs> Daniel at Intinor has been a huge help. Uh, the support that we get from them makes that product go from a hundred to a thousand. And so responsive when can't, there's issues. Can't speak to their support enough and the quality of their product and their people. And also they're half a world away. They are. They are. But it but it makes for a great uh, product when you have yep. the hardware and you have the team behind it. So they dialed it in. By the time the race was probably two days in, we had it humming to a point where it was really, really workable. Right. So that yep. part is going to stay the same. We're going to have the better cameras this year because we had cheap Sony cameras uh, last year. This year we're going to have three Panasonic cameras that make very good pictures. The yeah. controls are in good places. And uh, we're going to have those three kits out on different parts of the trail. We're going to be responsible for producing the entire restart broadcast, the official right. start of the race. We're going to provide all of the equipment, all of the switching and the streaming that will be delivered to the broadcast partner and to our website. We're producing that entire show. In the past, that has been done with the broadcaster doing most of the production work, and right. we were just carrying the stream. So there's a ceremonial start that takes place in Anchorage. The TV station, KTUU, is producing that completely. Mm -hmm. We're just taking their feed and we're running our uh, local insertions in that for the uh, internet distribution. Then on Sunday, we're going to run our production at the Willow Community Center. We're going to have a combination of documentary camera operators. Okay. They're going to be outfitted with Hollyland wireless transmitters. These are units that we're renting from uh, a local production resource, Terry Burge, up in Alaska. Okay. He's providing these units. Those are going to stream wirelessly. Supposedly, they have between a thousand and three thousand foot range, depending on which unit is connected. He's got a, a couple of different units. That'll be great. We'll try those first without having to run cables. If they work, great. If not, I have two fiber reels that can spool a thousand feet out and we can run fiber to those cameras and bring them in on baseband SDI. Right. So those cameras will come up to our, we have a, a building at the Willow Community Center that is dedicated just to us. Okay. So we're not in the in the community center part on a gym stage, which is where we've been in the past. And backstage in a tiny room. Yes. <laughs> falling over basketballs and folding chairs. So we're producing that show. We're going to use a combination of my robotics, my Panasonic pan tilt zoom robotic cameras. Mm -hmm. It really depends on the weather. We we yep. did this a few years ago in twenty twenty, only with the robos. Right. And we had some challenges with the robos because a, you know, it's cold. It was heavy snow that heavy. year. Oh yeah. So we had problems with the lenses getting you know wet and cleaned, and then we had problems where we thought things were happening in a certain area. We put the stands out and the cameras, and then 
they weren't in the right spot. They weren't. No, and we had no time to we didn't make have enough, changes. We didn't have enough people. Like we, it was me yeah. and you, and right. then, Like one guy. Yeah. So we've tried this before. If the weather is good, I will put out the robos just as covers. Okay. Maybe wide shots. Go tos. Yeah. Just safety cameras. Mm-hmm. Because the documentary camera guys, they're not used to shooting live for this particular event. They shoot for clips. Right. So, so they move around. They, they move around. We yeah. may have a lot of camera whips and things to dodge. But all of these feeds are going to come into my production system. So I've got the PTZs on fiber if we're using them. Those come in through a field cast unit. It's called Fieldcast Fiber. It's a hybrid cable. It provides video, power, and network connectivity on a single fiber connector. So those could go out. I've got a 100-meter reel for, for three cameras, so 325 feet approximately. Right. Those come into a dock. They spit out SDI. I have a Blackmagic capture chassis that gets connected to my M1 mm-hmm. MacBook Pro, the Max computer. Yep. And then the, the PTZs can also do NDI if we want to just go straight network. And then I've got these manual converters to do uh, SDI into NDI. So should I want to have up to seven cameras, I could bring seven cameras into my laptop via four on baseband and four via uh, capture card. That's huge. So that all comes into my laptop. The laptop is running a nice piece of software, which I've talked about many times, called Mimo Live. It's a company out of Germany called Boinks. (laughs) The software is super powerful. It gives me a lot of control. I mean, we're going to stream from it. We're going to do switching. We're going to have two laptops. Mm -hmm. So one is going to do switching and streaming. The second one is going to do graphics and video playback. Playback, right. So you'll probably run one system during some of the events, and then um, I'll run that system, probably both systems via remote triggers when I'm alone. And then all of this gets uh, streamed out to our... uh, encoder that lives in the amazon cloud (laughs) and it gets streamed through a wowza engine uh, to the world so we we're going to produce this uh, official start yep we're going to produce a banquet show which happens actually our first task is this banquet show that takes place on thursday and that's going to be the robos only okay three robos What's different this year for that particular event, we've done this event live for several years. Normally, we take the AV iMag feed and we just plug that into Loop one, that right one of, plug it into an encoder yep. and stream it. This year, we're going to run the lines, we're going to run the cables, we're going to run our robos, and we're going to produce the whole thing. Our feed will be delivered into the iMag system. Mm-hmm. So we're basically in charge of that whole show. That includes timing and video playback and graphics and all of that stuff. For the show, for the live The event. AV company is going to do the audio mixing. We'll take their mix. We're going to use a sound device, Mix Pre 3, to bring it into the uh, MIMO system. Yep. The cameras will come in on fiber, 
will output it either through a Teradek hardware encoder or conceivably through the laptop. This will really be the first big production with the M1 Max right. laptop. It'll put it to the test. I have high hopes. <laughs> there was a period about six days ago yeah. that I didn't think the M1 laptops were going to play because, silly me, <laughs> I let the uh, software update run from Mac OS 12.1, Monterey 12.1. It updated to 12.2. There was some security fixes. I figured it would be safe. Right. Lo and behold, it broke the, at least for me, it broke the DeckLink capture card. And I couldn't get, I could preview video in the system, but it would not go online as the output. That's scary when you've got the whole system built out and ready to go, so you think. Yeah. <laughs> so the MIMO uh, developers, Boinks, uh, they were aware of the problem. A few other users on the forums were talking about it. I initially didn't think I had the problem, but I hadn't fully tested the system. Run it all the way out. At that point. Yeah. Right? I had only tested it <clears throat> a little bit. Right. And... Um, about 10 days ago, we had a little warm spell in New York, and I literally took all of the equipment, set it up in my yard, the robotics, <laughs> the fiber, the everything. I, I had it all set up on tables and in my yard, and my neighbors probably thought I was insane. <laughs> but I needed to do a full system fax. Right. And that's when I realized that I had suffered the bug Ugh. in the software. So. Basically, uh, the solution suggested by the developer was to revert to Mac OS 12.1. And that was another challenge for you. That is a nightmare. I will say, if, <laughs> if you do not have a complete... I, honestly, it doesn't even matter. The way the M1 Macs work, you cannot just re-image your Mac the way the really? old Macs could. Because you can't boot it into target mode and mount it like a drive on another machine. Okay. It doesn't work that way anymore. Uh, you can mount it as a high-speed network share over Thunderbolt, but it doesn't present itself in the same as manner a system. as a disk. Yep. So I needed to revert by wiping the Mac. And then Apple now does not tell you which software you're restoring when you use their software restore tool it just automatically takes the newest one there's no choice oh my god so on github which is like a developer community um there's a guy who wrote a little um software tool that will let you download specific mac os's and then install it on your system so i had to wipe my machine which meant i had to back it up the user account first right wipe it, uh, install the base system, and then install the uh, 12.1 installer. And it took me literally five hours to do. But how much time did you lose just figuring out what you needed to do to get to that point? Two, two more hours to figure out what was involved, <laughs> and then five hours to do the whole process. And then it didn't fix the problem. Uh, 
So then I was in a dilemma about whether I go back to my laptop, my previous laptop, which I keep as a, you know, second unit, backup unit, whatever. And that one was still on Big Sur, which is Mac OS 11. And that one worked fine, except it that one doesn't do NDI 5. Uh, that version of MIMO that okay. runs on uh, OS 11 is NDI 4. And I didn't want to start having mix and match issues with different NDI. versions yeah so i said well i can run it i can use everything ndi4 but it's going to maybe limit me right but that was now becoming my primary my a and then you said to me and i don't know why i didn't think of it <laughs> you said well, why don't you just buy a new laptop and see if it has 12 one 12 one on it when you're so far down that rabbit hole, you, you just you don't see the light. Sometimes I'm I'm good with the simple propositions, but uh. <laughs> so I said to myself, "Why don't I drop another three grand? Yeah, why not? And get a laptop and see if it works." <laughs> the problem is, you cannot buy a M1 Max anywhere in walk-in. You cannot even order it and get it. In it's a, a special day, order. It's it's weeks. Yep. There's still backlog for the Max. What I was able to buy was an M1 Pro 16 gigabyte. Okay. So basically the, the entry level. But I said, you know what? Tom's right. What's $3,000 exactly. in the big scheme of things? <laughs> so I went to the Apple store. And actually, I called the business team. Okay. At my Apple store. And I tried to explain to them my dilemma. There was not one genius that I sure could get behind what you were talking no, about. No, not at all. But what <laughs> I was trying to find out was, and I said, surely they must know, I don't want to buy a machine if it has 12.2 on it. I right. know you must have some way to know which system is on which machine based on when it's shipped. Like, do you know when you got when it? you got this machine right. in? And the guy's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, really? Because I'm sure you do. But he was not Wasn't interested. Wasn't forthcoming. Was not interested in helping me. So I decided to take the plunge anyway. Yeah. I bought the M1 Pro 16 uh, gigabyte model. Took it home. Opened it. It's very surprised to see it was 12.0.1, which is basically the probably the release version Just before of one. the OS. Yeah. And okay, I got it set up, still had an issue. So the software developer said it was limited to 12.2, but really it was there was something else that was broken in, in 12, Monterey. In Monterey, right. So it was confusing because they originally said it's only the Pro Max 64 gig variation that's having the problem. And then it really wasn't. So you're the sole user in this entire universe that exposed the bigger issue, probably. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's three people that are doing this. And yeah, I'm one of them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, again, round and round and round. And then I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I keep this machine? Do I return it? I had actually wiped it, put it back in the box, and was ready to return it. Yeah. And then on the forums for the, the Mimo Live software... Um, Someone who had been very in front of this whole bug said, oh, beta 4, 
beta 4 fixes the problem. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I quickly, not so quickly because it takes time, <laughs> but I registered the machine into the Apple public beta software because you have to do that to get the provisioning profile that lets you run the beta installer. It allows you, I see. And I, I downloaded the 12.4 and it worked with the deck link. Everything was normal. That's huge. So was that on the Pro 16 gig or on your machine? Both. Ah. So once I knew that it worked, I upgraded my Macs to the uh, beta 4 version. Okay. 12.3 beta 4. And so both machines now are working. Both run NDI 5. So everything seems good. So you're keeping the store-bought one as a backup? No, that's going to be my my playback and graphics system. Ah, okay. Yeah. The part that gave me hesitation as I was doing my testing, the the i9 system, the 2019 machine, mm -hmm. that was my previous system, that was going to be my primary now when I had the bug. Right. When I was running it uh, in testing, it was running pretty hot, and I could hear the fans okay. blowing. And I'm like, you know, this machine is probably because the M1 didn't even run the fans. Super cool, like, just just chugging through chill. it. Nice. So I was like, you know, maybe it's gonna have a problem, you know, running hot. Right. So that's when I made the decision. Okay, if it's working in beta four, I'll just keep keep the other one. Keep the both M1s as nice. the main and the backup. And so part of the bigger plan in this whole thing because you're going to be on the trail and yep. I'm going to be in Alaska. So I'm trying to get some coverage overnight, so to speak. So I've enlisted uh, one of our web developer friends who's okay. got some video skills. He's got my second Intenor router in Rochester. Okay. And he's going to take the i9 laptop, run MIMO 11 511 and do my overnight switching on that system and that'll be good on that system even though yeah. it's different nice. yeah because it's not going to integrate with anything that i have to worry about right exactly okay that makes sense so we have the the banquet show we've got the restart show we've got the the coverage during the race then the live champion finish is also our production up in Nome. That's been usually produced by the TV station. They are not producing this year because of budget cuts. Okay. So that is also our show 100%. Wow. Again, the plan's going to be wireless video feeds using the documentary team. Mm -hmm. Because, again, we produced the show in 20 with the Robos. And, again, yep. we had problems with people in front of the cameras. And the Robos are not easy to move once they're set. No, no. Those so big stands and everything when you else. Don't have, when you don't have stage blocking and things like that, the robos are not a great idea. So I didn't want to get stuck with that. So we're going to try to use like the insider documentary camera guys with wireless transmitters. They're going to feed into the deck link. We'll probably have a robo as a safety or two. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to use one of the Intenors on bonded cellular. Using my new out at the shoot, cards. yeah, where they're coming in off the river, where they come in off the ice, and uh, then the last piece is the banquet, 
for the finishers at the end of the race when the awards ceremony and all that. Yep. So yep. that show will also be our production. So there's more production this year. Much more, yeah. Um, we're going to be using the robos as much as we can inside, and there's just going to be a lot of pieces in play. Yeah, it sounds like it. Can I turn around and go home now? No. Too late. <laughs> I got your car keys. Good luck. <laughs> So the rest of the kit, just in terms of equipment specs, so we've got the the two M1 Mac laptops running uh, Mimo Live. Uh, for audio, I'm using the Mix Pre 3, and I'm also using a Mix Pre 6 when we need it. I've got Magewell converters to go from NDI to SDI. And the and other way. SDI to NDI, vice versa, yep. for output. I've got brand new equipment to do monitoring. I got Blackmagic uh, 4K dual smart scopes. Beautiful. I can't wait to see audio those. audio monitor. And I've got a new, uh, I bought a new Netgear M4250 yeah. AV switch, which is pretty nice. I've actually got two of them, but I'm only bringing one up to Alaska. We're equipment heavy. We're, we're 24 cases checking in yeah. on United. That's going to be a long morning. A long morning of checking in. And uh, <laughs> This week in production will be primarily live stream centric talk. Probably for the next three weeks. We'll, we'll right. talk again after the banquet show once we do the first go round with the setup. It's funny how the complexion of Iditarod coverage through you, know, through you and what we do has changed from acquisition to almost all live streaming now. You know, the insider team does their thing for the documentary and for the uploading, and it's really become so strong just with the live streaming process. Well, the live the live streaming has been a great breakthrough. The fans love it. Yep. Everyone wants immediacy. Yeah. You know, everyone loves to see that. We're trying to be more dynamic than in the past. I mean, if you if we talk about the evolution of the live stream product for Iditarod, the original kit was GoPros right. plugged into an encoder, and it was just a wide shot near, hopefully near the checkpoint, but sometimes it wasn't that near the checkpoint. No, no, and kilobits. And there kilobits. were, there were, you know, it was basically camera mic audio on the GoPro, which isn't great to begin with. Right. And it's evolved into, you know, better cameras, and now we're using human operators. And one thing this year that I didn't mention to you for strategic reasons. Okay. And this is for you and the other two live stream operators. You're going to be encouraged to narrate over the camera mic's audio as you're operating. If you know the team that's coming in. Oh, fantastic. What's happening. So you have some flexibility to narrate what's happening to the audience. Okay. But also you will be producing from your checkpoint in a sense that you may be at a checkpoint for two or three days. Right. It just all depends on what part of the race you're in. If you're in the front, you're probably there for a day. But if you're in the back, you might be there for longer. But you're empowered to go find mushers, go find volunteers, go find interesting stories, bring them to the camera, and we'll and basically get people do, talking. We'll do live interviews. That's or, huge. Or produced, you know, fed 
yeah. and then run later, you know, in the in the broadcast. Gotcha, gotcha. Record in camera or record back at home both, base? Both. For playback, both okay. For depending on, on where things are in the world, yep. what part of the day and what's sure. happening. But if we're running a live stream with uh, Greg and Bruce, let's say in one checkpoint, you could be recording, you know, an interview at your checkpoint that's not live, but we'll then go to it on a on a delay, right? On right a, on a replay. Play delay. it back from the camera playback or, or, from, or whatever from the control room. So, sure. So there's going to be some other components that are going to be new this year. And again, it's all done for the fans. The fans right. are so integral in pushing us to do better. They're so spirited. Yeah. They love the race. They love what we do. They're appreciative. They send us pizza. In Nome, it, yeah. It's just a <laughs> tremendous fan base. And all of this innovation comes really from just trying to make the experience better for the fans. Right, right. So we're even going to work in. We've got a the former champ, last year's champ, couldn't make it back this year because of COVID. Okay. He's going to be on Zoom. He's going to be live streaming from another race in Norway <laughs> during the Iditarod. He's going to be like a guest commentator. That's huge. So we're running IFBs through Zoom and all this stuff. So it's going to be a handful it really will be i mean like you said going from the gopros where like one high point last year i remember is we had three cameras streaming live at three different locations you know and that was just a, a huge get you know to be able to do that so this is even bigger yep so that's the breakdown and you may not realize you're chained to the couch so you can't leave i i yeah i, I may not leave for alaska <laughs> you may do it from New York. <laughs> we'll pick this up next week from Alaska after our first live stream run, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yes. No details will be spared. There you go from the first uh, banquet. All right. Cheers. Mr. Cheers Tom. to that. All right. Another new challenge. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, Call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.